0: you by naturopathicearth.com here is certified health coach a gregory luna with confessions of an obese child hello everybody this is a gregory luna of course you can call me gregory welcome back to another episode of confessions of an obese child spring edition i hope you've been doing well before i begin talking about the ideal woman I do want to promote some other endeavors in the MPE world. Of course, the website is Naturopathic Earth. Go check out the articles and the podcasts and the downloadable PDFs. Recently I wrote an article about the suicide epidemic among men. Surprisingly, I I would think most people are surprised by this, but 75-80% to of suicides in America are done by adult men. We typically think of suicide as a problem with teenagers, and of course it's extremely tragic. I mean, it's tragic anytime somebody kills himself, but definitely the youth because they have their, their life ahead of them. But the large, large majority of, of suicides are done by men. So I wrote an article, and I posted it on Twitter and Facebook and on my Facebook page and so forth. Explaining some of the reasons, and we, we, we do spend some time on the divorced man. In fact, most of the, di- the suicides committed by men fall into other, one of two categories, really. Opioid addiction, or they're addicted to something, or they have severe mental health, like schizophrenia, or they're divorced. And they've been recently, what, what we coined the term, well, we didn't coin it, but the term is called divorced rape, where a or man uh, gets divorced many times not by his own doing, because uh, there's no-fault divorce here in, in, in most of the United States. And then he loses his 50% of his assets, and then he's paying child support, and he could be paying alimony. Some states make you pay alimony. Plus, you get your kids yanked away from seeing them from every day of the month to perhaps alternating weekends, which is four days a month. And then you lose a lot of your friends, because many times the, the friends were really around the, the wife's orbit, And many times the woman will practice parental alienation and turn the kids against you, so now your kids are hating you and they're blaming you, even though it could be maybe the wife's fault that you divorced. 70% of of divorces are initiated by women in America. Also, men tend to isolate more. So uh, we don't have the the support group like women do. And men, it's not considered manly, right, to emote. And so these are some of the reasons we, we cover in the article, so definitely go check that out. Also, of course, the flagship podcast stream is Holistic Health News. Some recent articles or podcast episodes that we did were on aspartame. We did one on reasons you should not be in a relationship. We did one on the uh, sex frequency in married couples. And then we did one on the microbiome. We did one on natural remedies uh, for mild depression and so forth. So Holistic Health News, I think most of you guys know, because if you're listening to Confessions, you probably came from HHN. It covers a wide gamut of topics and that that is the mainstream and of course we have katie's essential oil apothecary which covers aromatherapy and essential oils and she has standalone episodes on lavender mint frankincense and i want to say myrrh Think of the wise men and lemon mint frankincense and lavender yeah those are the four and then we have some extra episodes about just general aromatherapy all right so go check all those out all right let's get started Alright, so the last Confessions episode we did was on Survivor's Guilt, where where we detailed what it was like to, in particular to obesity, to lose weight and see others around you who have not lost the weight and then wonder why did I lose the weight and keep it off and have a modicum of a normal life while other people uh, didn't. And then we did go down that existential road of, well, you know, God, what about God? God God blessed me by helping me lose the weight, but God didn't want to help the other people who who wanted to lose the weight as well. And so we, we talked about that. So if any of you have similar feelings about that or had those kind of crises and thought, then go check out that recent episode. Another Great Confessions episode is the one on the body positive movie, movement hurting obese people. This was probably about episode 37 of Confessions. And that one's controversial because, you know, we are surrounded by this idea that we should fat glorify, right? And it and it's, it's not necessarily that we should fat glorify, but that we shouldn't fat shame, right? And I would agree with that. You know, fat shaming on one level, of course, is... Pernicious and it's deleterious to the person who is overweight because it's going to cause them. It reinforces what they already know. Right, that society deems them as not as valuable as somebody who is regular weighted, and so it could lead them to more self-destructive behavior or it could lead them to just eating more. But at the same time, we do want to promote weight loss because if we truly love somebody who is overweight, we want them to lose the weight and not accept the fact that they're overweight because by staying overweight you increase your chances of dying young more i mean the higher rate of cancer that's been proven higher rate of course of heart disease and strokes and aneurysms and of course diabetes which leads to its own comorbidity issues and you know more joint pain liver failure i mean i mean everything right everything is connected to obesity so there's this fine line, but definitely where society is, is or especially women, and you see this more in maybe perhaps the more, um, I guess, I want more feminist circles, maybe the more left-wing uh, circle where we should just glorify, embrace, embrace obesity, be who you are, be who you are, be who you are. And, like, you're not really caring about that person because if you do, you would tell them, please lose the weight, and I'll help you if I can, and I'll do whatever it takes, but well, you need to lose the weight. You need to lose the weight. That's what we should be telling these people. But again, it it's a fine line. We live in a politically correct culture. We live in a snowflake world where everyone gets hurt and sensitive. I mean, look at Twitter. I mean, Twitter is the the battleground for political correctness and snowflakedom, where everyone is just hurling missives at each other or trying to hurt each other and offend each other. And that's why it's best just to stay off social media. And we have a holistic health news episode about how the more time you spend on social media, in particular Instagram, it increases your chances of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and more. So that's another great episode. But this one, this one is kind of connected. That we really. so we're going to talk about the ideal, the ideal woman or the ideal guy. So I'll be using the the, the word woman, given that I'm a guy and I'm I'm a hetero. What do they call it? H- heteronormative, cis heteronormative? All these new terms that they come out with that these young people use. So I'm a heterosexual guy, right? So, going back to when I was overweight, and if you're new to the episodes, I was overweight, uh, morbidly overweight, starting around age five, and then I I reached my apex around age sixteen, or I weighed at 285 pounds, and I had about a size 58 waist. And go back to the early episodes where I talk about incidental vignettes or incidental traumatic experiences that happened to me in in the form of vignettes or little chapters. And then the last 20 episodes are more about my post weight loss, but I lost my weight around uh, 18. And so when I was younger, when I was a kid, and I, I remember having crushes on girls at a very young age, uh, maybe th- you know third grade, fourth grade. And, and we have an episode, I think it's episode uh, 19 on the opposite sex where I talk more about my childhood crushes and how I had a very difficult time interacting with girls and uh, when I was in high school and so forth. So you, I'm not really gonna spend too much time on that because the opposite sex kind of talks about that one. but in general, when you're younger, you do have crushes. Even if you're a fat boy, you're still going to have crushes, right? We still have some testosterone coursing through us at that time. Even though typically not as much, because when you're overweight, uh, it converts a lot of that testosterone to estrogen. That's, and estrogen's more of a fat storage hormone than testosterone. But either way. So I did have crushes, of course, on girls. And the girls were all normal weight, right? The girls were all normal weight. Um, and then when I lost the weight and I went to college... It was the same thing. I had crushes or I went out with girls uh, that were normal-weighted. In college, if you go to the episode on college dysfunction, which is on episode 25, I talk about my college uh, dating experiences or lack thereof because I still felt that I was a fat kid in a skinny person's body and I didn't have any confidence and, and you know I had all the, the bloopy and the fat rolls and all these things that hindered me mentally to be confident, and aggressive to, to approach women. But I did, you know, I did, I did date a little. I met my ex-wife in college. And I talk about in college, or in college dysfunctions, the same thing where, where I only had crushes on normal weighted women. And then that continued through adulthood. And when I interviewed uh, both Heather and Deborah, if you go to those two interviews, which are in the last 10 episodes, we talk about that as well. They talked about, I asked them questions about, their high school experiences, both of them, and, and who they had crushes on, and they were very different. Like Heather, didn't date at all uh, because she was morbidly overweight, and she had just recently lost her weight around age thirty-eight. Whereas Deborah was, she's an African American woman. She was overweight in high school, but she dated, and a lot of a lot of the guys liked her because the fact that she was bigger and had bigger uh, mammary glands. We'll just call it that. They, she had bigger mammary glands, and so they had different experiences. But both of them had one commonality vis-a-vis the opposite sex, and that they liked our crushes on normal-weighted men. Okay, so this begs the question about the ideal woman. The hypocrisy, right? There is a hypocrisy about overweight people complaining how they are invisible to the opposite sex. Right? Because when you are fat, You are essentially invisible to the opposite sex. I'd say when you're fat and then also probably, unfortunately for women, when they're menopausal and certainly in their 50s and 60s, um, they're invisible to the opposite sex. Men just aren't don't look at them because they're considered old, which is unfortunate, but it's part of, I think, of the biological wiring of men where they become almost invisible. And there is a hypocrisy to that because as overweight men and women, um, we... We want to be given an opportunity and a chance, right, by the opposite sex. We want them to be like, well, you know, get to know my personality, and I'm clever, and I'm smart, and I make money, I'm humorous, whatever it is. And then they don't, right? They just, the guys look right past the woman. And the women, in general, will look right past the man, unless the man has a lot of resources, right? Because women will sacrifice looks for resources. And that goes back to our Paleolithic wiring. But in general, both sexes... It's important for both sexes to find somebody who's uh, of ideal normal weight. So on one level, the overweight person is angry because they're not given a chance. But when they lose the weight, they're not having crushes on overweight people, typically. So you't can't, you can't be angry about that. Now when you're in that situation, you will understand, uh, that you you can understand better why those people didn't have crushes on overweight you or who you know, overweight me you can understand it better, but I think even when you were overweight though, you had crushes on regular weighted people right you had crushes like when I was in high school i'm trying to think who I, my my uh, man who were my Hollywood crushes back in the late eighties. Early 90s oh, I remember I loved Gabrielle Anwar From Scent of a Woman God, She was a cute little She was a beautiful girl She was the one that dances with Chris O'Donnell In that Al Pacino movie I loved young Kate Winslet But that was a little before her time She didn't come until the mid to late 90s Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember who I had crushes on um, in, in terms of Hollywood um, stars Kelly Preston maybe Leia Thompson from Back to the Future And Space Camp and her daughter, Zoe Deutsch, is in that, that, that Netflix movie, uh, Set It Up, with Lisa Liu. She's great. She looks a lot like her mom, and she has, a I think, a really bright future. But I had crushes on regular weighted people. So there is this kind of a hypocrisy, right, where we're like, oh, you should love us for the way we are. Give us the opportunity. But we're not giving the, we're not giving those people the opportunity when we're overweight, because we're not crushing on overweight men and women. And then, if you do lose the weight, it's not like, oh, I realize what it's like to be overweight, so I'm gonna fall in love with overweight people. We're just not wired that way. It's just like a lot of these limousine liberals or these liberals who came from the hood. Let's say Ice Ice Cube, right? From uh, from public no, from MWA Ice Cube. A lot of these rappers, right? They 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 come from the hood, right? And their whole credo is the hood and their credibility, right? I'm from the hood, and all their songs about the hood, hood, hood. And then they get the heck out of the hood as soon as they can. And they have houses in Beverly Hills and in you know, Upper West Side in New York and Manhattan and all this stuff. They get the heck out of the hood. It's not like, oh, I got out of the hood, so I'm going to st- still keep dating you know, hood rats or whatever they call the girls over there. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's like it, It's like also with Walmart, right? Aside from my mother and other Depression-era children... Nobody shops at Walmart if they had the money to shop at Target or Whole Foods or more of a premium place, Pottery Barn or something like that. You only shop at Walmart either because you're wired to always buy the cheapest stuff like Depression-era women, like grandmas, or you just can't afford anywhere else, right? It's the same thing. You don't live in the worst neighborhood in a city if you can afford to live in the richest neighborhood in the city without you know, breaking your bank. So it's the same thing with with men and women. We are wired to like attractive men and women who are normal weighted because evolutionally speaking, we'll go to we'll go we'll go back to pa- Paleolithic wiring of men and women. So we know that. Men are attracted to youth and beauty, and then virtue and personality. Those are kind of the the, the ranking order. Now, a lot of women who are listening to this aren't going to like that, but I'm just t- speaking the truth. I'm looking at the studies say it, and it's just any if any guy is honest with you, they'll tell you the same thing. It's beauty and youth, and then and then virtue. And so we go back to our Paleolithic ancestors, right? It made sense for the men to want to. Find the most beautiful young woman because their offspring would more likely to be beautiful and have good characteristics, physio- physiogamic physiogamic characteristics like height and beauty, and good genes to pass on to the next generation. And so that's what was key to the man: was to find and to propagate with the most attractive young person that they could keep, and then keep that person because the younger the person, the more offspring, good good quality offspring that they could have. So that continues to this day, right? Men, I think all of you, all you women know this, men are wired. They're just wired. You can't really reason with that, that they are wired to look at beauty and youth and facial symmetry first, okay? That is the first thing. It's As a whole, men really don't care what a woman's occupation is, unless there's two women of equal beauty and youth, and then that will be the, the one of the deciding factors. But in general, this is why you see men ending up with a lot of crazy women, because And the red flags are there because men will do anything uh, to be with beautiful young women. And then they don't want to see the red flags. Now, if you flip it around to the women, going back to our Paleolithic time, women are attracted to security and status. And this makes sense, too. If you look back at Paleolithic times, a woman only has so many years on this planet, and she certainly only has so many years of reproduction opportunities reproductive opportunities so she's going to try to latch on to the caveman paleolithic man who has who is the strongest who has the most status who can hunt the best because if he hunts the best that means you're going to be getting more food and more sustenance you're going to want the the, the caveman who has the best cave Because that gives you more shelter. You're gonna want the guy who has the most status because then you know a lot of the lower lower level guys won't hound you because he's the the chieftain, the king, whatever you want to call it, the the alpha male of the group. And so women want are attracted to status and security, right? There there's something to it. They call this hypergamy. Hypergamy is the phenomenon of women always being like wanting to date or marry up. And this continues to this day where, where women in general, even women of wealth, because you can, you can never have too much wealth, right? Because you're thinking about security and resources for your children if you have children. Women have the, the inherent wiring to always m- marry up status and up to wealth. And it makes sense, right? If you're having offspring, you want your offspring to have the best resources available for them to grow. So the, it makes sense for women to look at security and status first. They want to be protected They want to be tended to, taken care of, and they want the the status and know that the, the man is strong enough and confident enough to protect them and to defend them from not only animal predators but from other men. That's not saying that women are not attracted to good-looking men. Of course, women, we've talked about heightism in the Holistic Health News episode. Women are attracted to tall men and, of course, facial symmetry, just like men are attracted to women with good facial symmetry as well. So both sexes are attracted to that. The problem, going full circle, the problem with obesity is that obesity connotes or it, it suggests that you are not healthy, that you are not healthy. And we don't need the studies to reveal this. This is just known truth that we are wired to know. So we, we know, I mean, through scientific studies, that obesity leads to a shorter life expectancy and diabetes and, and, and so forth, and cancer and all these things we've already talked about. But even back then, they, they knew that. Now, the retort to that is, well, what about like Rubens' paintings, Botticelli's paintings, Titian's paintings? Yes, the Venus of Willendorf. So going back to, to earlier times, men were attracted to women with more curves than they are at this time and but there's a difference here back then there was caloric scarcity right if definitely in the paleolithic era where we were just hunting and gathering and pretty much starving all the time and it was always fasting but not like voluntary intermittent fasting it was fasting and then there'd be abundance of food and essentially binge eating and then fasting and so it was important that women who had a little more more curves to them A little more weight to them Were seen as more attractive Because that meant that they could carry children more And they could go through those lean times of, of uh, famine uh, Even though Paleolithic didn't have famine Because it wasn't a sedentary agriculture But you know what I mean The starvation time uh, They could get through that more And you see that even through the Middle Ages Middle Ages, again, there was caloric uh, scarcity There was pestilence and drought and famine And all these things but since the especially the agricultural i I'm sorry, the, the industrial revolution about 250 years ago and certainly in the last hundred years, we are in caloric overabundance. And so there is no need for a woman to be carrying extra calories in that regard. But in general, both sexes know that somebody who is morbidly overweight is not a good person necessarily to reproduce with. And I don't mean they're not a good person. They're just compared to other people, your offspring is less likely to carrying traits that you would want and so we unfortunately are wired to not find people who are morbidly overweight attractive and that's that's just the way it is now that's not to say that you you can't find happiness if you're morbidly overweight uh, or you can't find love if you're morbidly overweight of course that's not true there's you can look around uh, your city today and you see mutually overweight people that seem to have good relationships that, that's p- perfectly normal, right? You see that everywhere. All I'm saying is that we are not wired for our first choice to be someone who's morbidly overweight. And I don't think this is very revelatory. I think this is pretty obvious in, in, you guy, in your guy's minds, right? But I, I do want to talk about it because I just simply think that it's just kind of ironic that as a child, personally for me, and I can't speak for all overweight people, even though I just generalized about <laughs> all men and women, uh, that I had crushes on regular weighted people, and then even though I wanted those girls in junior high and high school, like, and uh, to, to give me a chance, but they didn't. Right? They just looked right over me, and, and I and I kind of understood it. You know, I'd be grumbling as a kid, blah, 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 blah. but uh, I didn't have the the wherewithal, the introspection, the self realization to look in the mirror and be like, Hey, wait. Hold on. so all my crushes like uh like leah thompson yeah and gabrielle anwar wait wait hold on they're they're actually regular weight yeah all right so if if i like regular weighted people wouldn't these girls also want regular weighted people and i could understand why they wouldn't want to like me and that should give me motivation to lose the weight See, so i didn't have that that realization it takes a lot of work to, to realize that especially when you're 14 right but with wisdom and with age Uh, You can look back and, and see that. So, you know, I can't be upset with people who overlooked me as a child because I was overlooking overweight people as a child as well. All right, let's finish up. I saw a preview for a rom-com that just came out with rebel Wilson she's the overweight British actor that was most, probably most famous from pitch perfect and it was like something like about my romantic comedy or something like that where she wakes up and she's an overweight British girl, right? I just said that, so uh, she wakes up one day and she's living in a rom-com where you know everything all the tropes of rom-coms romantic comedies is in and then there's a hunky regular weighted guy right and and that's the thing in Hollywood, right? You and, and and not even in Hollywood, but in commercials. How often do you see overweight people as the 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 actors in commercials? Aside from like the schlubby guy in in beer commercials that somehow has the super hot wife, right? Because again, Budweiser and so forth. They know who their 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 customers are, right? They're typically schlubby guys, and so indirectly. By watching these commercials, the, the the guy can relate to the schlubby guy, and then they'll be like, oh, he, the schlubby guy in the commercial has a hot wife. Oh, so that means if I drink Budweiser, I can have a hot wife. I mean, this is how advertising works. But if you look at commercials, you rarely ever see overweight people. Victoria's Secrets doesn't use overweight models. Now, yeah, they might have the token plus size model but she doesn't have a long career and they do that to kind of like assuage the radical leftist fat glorifiers and just in general uh, the leftists, and that's just done to, to make them look good that there you have a one plus size model but if they really wanted to affect change they would have all plus size models but they're not going to do that they're not going to do that so Victoria's Secrets uses regular weighted people everybody uses regular weighted people uh, because they don't want to connect their product to obesity so you can look at commercials just by themselves, but even with Hollywood, right? There aren't a lot of Hollywood overweight actresses, right? They just aren't, right? And that in itself tells you the same thing too. But in this movie, she—I I didn't watch it, of course, because I'm a guy. I'm not going to go watch a rom-com. The guy—I'm assuming at the end she eventually ends up with this guy, right? But that's—that's that's not realistic. That's—that's that's not realistic at all. But again, it's a rom-com. Who watches rom-coms? Women, and so that movie is kind of to, to you know to to telepath to women that who are maybe overweight or middle-aged or something like. Yes, you can still get in this this com y world the ideal guy. Now, of course, there's always exceptions to that rule, but as a, as in general though. Over, morbidly overweight women are not going to be getting the Chris Hemsworths of the world. It's just not true. And you know, and a lot of you guys would be angry with me right now, like, "Oh, you're such a sexist jerk!" Call me a sexist jerk. I don't care. But I'm just speaking the truth. And you know, deep down, this is true. This is true. If you look at Hollywood, there's a reason why Hollywood doesn't use overweight people as actors and actresses. As a whole, I mean, there is the the, the overweight actress on in This Is Us," and I talk about the "This Is Us" lady. On the, the body positive episode um, but, but in general you don't really see that So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is essentially of course It's lose weight We need to lose weight I mean if anything we know By listening to these confessions And Holistic Health News And just everywhere you look That obesity is a major problem in America One in three Americans is obese, obese 70% are overweight Which is 20% above your BMI and it's a major problem. It's a major health problem. So we want to lose weight on a number of, re- number of levels, number of reasons. One, of course, is the medical reasons. But two, there still is a stigma involved to it. Um, not as much, I think, overall. Like at, at my school, the kids don't bully each other on obesity. At least at school. I think on social media, they might still do it too. But since there's more overweight kids, I don't think that's as much of a, a stigma. But when it comes to dating, uh, when you are overweight, and this is something that I realized when I was overweight, but I didn't really want to deal with it, is that when you're overweight, you are limiting the pool of prospective suitors for either sex. Because they, if you go to the swipe apps like Tinder and Bumble and all those, unfortunately, what happens, and they've done studies on this, it's it's 75% of the men on, let's say, Bumble are swiping right on the 10% of the most beautiful women. And so all the beautiful women... Are getting all the attention on these swipe apps, so that tells you that if seventy-five percent of the men on Bumble are swiping on the beautiful woman, a good portion of those seventy-five percent men are not are not attractive, or they're overweight too. So even the overweight men are swiping right on the beautiful women, and so the the uh, the overweight women are not getting any swipes. And then conversely too, on these on these swipe apps, it's the men who typically message the women. So if you're an overweight man. You could be messaging thousands of women, but if you're messaging the really good looking women, unless you have a very, very high job, high status job, but even then, that that helps, but it doesn't guarantee anything. You're messaging these women. Unfortunately, when they look at the pictures, they're just going to swipe left. And that's just, unfortunately, that's just the reality of the world that we live in and that the way we've been wired. So try to lose the weight. And the last thing is I don't want you to get sad or depressed in that I'm saying that if you're currently overweight that you're never going to find love. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I would say that the prime motivator should be for your health, for the health of your children, for everybody in your life, for you to lose the weight. Yes, I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, you need to lose the weight. But that being said, while you're on that path to weight loss or if you never do lose the weight, that doesn't mean you can't find love just means that honestly you're 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 probably not going to get your first second fourth fifth choice of mate when you're you know hanging out at a bar or on using the, the the dating apps um, they did this study i remember seeing this 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 documentary called the science of sex appeal was on discovery and they put 10 people in unitards 10 women 10 men in unitards and they covered up their hair and had them to wear no makeup and they were all of very varying looks so they were very good looking women, average women, ugly women, and same thing for the men. And so what they what they did was they each of them had a number on their forehead, one being high status or beautiful, and ten being unattractive. And so you didn't know what number you had. And so you would go into the room and shake hands or touch hands with the person that you wanted to bond with. And so what they realized was that people ended up bonding with. People of the, their their own number. And and they did this with the number, and then they t- later off they later took off the hairnets and they showed their hair and they could wear makeup and, and wear clothes. And when they took everything off, it was clear all the ones paired up with ones, all the tens paired up with tens, all the fives paired up with fives. And when they had the numbers on them, which, which denoted status, it was, it was also that the status people would hook up. But it wasn't as correlated as well as, as just pure looks. And so we know from these studies is that we kind of know what level of attractiveness we are. And as humans, we will go and, and metaphorically try to shake the hand of someone who's above our status, right? Some hottie. And we'll try to shake their hand. And as they rebuff us and they don't shake our hand back to pair bond with us, then we go to the next one and the next one and the next one. Eventually, we shake hands with whoever we can. And so it's kind of like that with this. When you are overweight or not even overweight, if you're just a regular man or woman in a given age group, uh, we never get our top choice. It's very rare to get our top choice unless you're in that high strata of looks and and, and wealth and security for the men Status, I should say And then with women, it's the, the youth and the beauty High beauty uh, You rarely ever get our choices We just we don't even notice it But we have to kind of lower our expectations in, As you are dating Until you pair up with somebody And you'll see this in a lot of couples, right? You look at couples And a lot of couples look the same age Or they look the same beauty equivalent The looks equivalent Now there are exceptions And this goes back to this point you will commonly see unattractive men with attractive women. Here in San Antonio, we have a lot of Mexican nationals. So people, rich Mexicans who move to San Antonio, it's like their fourth home because uh, they're very wealthy. They either connect to the government or the oil industry or something like that. And so you see these men who are just schlubby older dudes, but they have these beautiful women, younger women, right? And the reason for that is is time immemorial, right? Beautiful woman with high status man. But you rarely ever see the opposite. You rarely ever see unattractive woman with gorgeous guy. It's, it's, it's rare, beyond rare. Because again, that has to do with wiring. So as a whole, we pair up with who we can get, who's on our level. And subconsciously, we don't even know these tests prove it. But there are exceptions and the exception is high status men who can get really beautiful women, but you rarely ever see the other one. So my takeaway is this, lose the weight. And my other takeaway is you can still find happiness and still find love if that's what you want with somebody. Just have realistic expectations until you can lose the weight, okay? All right, that's all I have to say, guys. Until next time, please post a review. It would take you two seconds. If you think I'm a chauvinistic pig, which I'm not, I'm just speaking the truth. But if you think that post a review saying that and give me two stars aside from that post reviews for holistic health news and Katie's essential oil apothecary until next time. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of confessions of an obese child. Make sure to visit us at www.naturopathicearth.com for additional confessions, wellness articles, recipes, and a whole lot more. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at naturalpathearth. See you next time.